Hello, everyone, and welcome to Fire Talk Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Snodgrass, and today we are with Nick Higgins of, Fi- of the Firehouse Tribune. Welcome, Nick. Hey, thanks for having me, Mike. It's uh, great to be here. Uh, like I said, my name's Nick Higgins. I'm the editor and founder of the Firehouse Tribune. I'm also a firefighter as well. Uh, but today, what I want to talk to you guys about is knowing your role on the fire ground. Recently, we put up a quote on our social media pages, and the quote says this, whatever your job is in the firehouse and on the fire ground, do it as if it's the most important job out there. Someone out there is counting on you to be there for them. What does that mean? That means to do your job, whether it's hitting a hydrant, driver, nozzleman, irons, vent, doesn't matter. Do that job to the best of your, to your ability every single day that you show up. Because it's not just showing up, it's preparing and it's performing. But what it also means is doing your job is also being able to understand the roles of your crew around you, the guys that you're working with, the firefighters you are working with every single day to understand what a driver's responsibility is, even if you're not the driver, to understand that position because one day you might be the next man up to be in that role. One day you might be the next man up to be an acting officer or the officer. Or you're dedicated to being a hydroman. And I apologize to talk engine company. That's what I'm on. So I'm going with what I see all the time. You might be hitting the hydrant. But today, it's time for you to grab that nozzle. And are you proficient at fire suppression? Are you proficient at getting that nozzle into that fire room and putting that fire out to the best of your abilities and the expectations that are expected of the crew that you're on? And this comes with different, different ideas, different ways, different, different tactics. The first way it starts is if you look at it in any crew, and for our sake, like I said, we're going to use engine. Talk about an engine, there's ideally six positions of an engine company. There's a driver, there's an officer, there's a nozzleman, a backup firefighter, a door control man, and also a hydrant. Hydrant man. Perfect world. We never and we won't ever live in a perfect world as much as we think we will. Ideally, it's three, four, maybe five on a great day. But usually three to four is what you're going to be getting. So to understand those other roles, such as being proficient at hydrant work, not something everybody wants to practice, not something everybody wants to do, but it's a vital position in what they call doing your job. Without that proficiency in hydrant work, you might as well not even show up because the domino effect of errors happening will take place just by not being proficient in a hydrant. And what that's going to do when you have three, four guys where they have to backfill positions because staffing calls, you can't have five, six guys for whatever reason. Being proficient and doing your job isn't just doing one position, but being able to understand and perform other areas of your crew and maybe more as proficiently as you can. So you might have writing assignments. You guys that have the board show up. Hey, this is who's on. This is who's driving. Officer, 
nozzle in, so forth and so on. Well, that's great. Everybody gets kind of deep-seated, deep-rooted in that position. It's fine and dandy. But there's always a day where there's a call-out, somebody's sick, a swap. The volunteer side, you might not have that same opportunity because volunteers might have no riding assignments or they might have seating assignments. Where you sit on the, on the, in the back of that rig is where you're going to be, what you're going to be doing. So you have to be proficient in understanding the roles of that apparatus. It's not just saying I'm a driver and that's all I'm going to do. Because there might be a day you might have to come off the driver and you might have to backfill into another spot just because of the needs of that day, of that call, whatever. But understanding that and embracing it is part of the do your job mentality. But what else it embraces in knowing your role, doing your job, is understanding the situation you're in. Go to a structure fire. Understand the situation. Are you going to a 2,000 square foot, two-story two wood frame construction, maybe on a slab, maybe with a basement? Do you understand the situation around you? Locating the fire, where that is. That plays a part into doing your job. Being able to read the building. Biggest part of all is reading the building. Next part is knowing the situation, but knowing your job. What is your assignment? Well, my assignment is fire suppression. What do we have to do? We have to be proficient. Front door, get in there, get to the seat of that fire as fast as efficiently as possible. Stop fire spread. What we also have to know is not just that, but know the area we're in. Are we fighting a fire in residential, commercial, but also are we fighting a fire in an upstairs bedroom in the front of the house, maybe on the Alpha Bravo corner? Are we fighting a fire in the, in the back, in, a, in, a, in another bedroom? Or are we in an open area, such as a common area, living room, family room, maybe a kitchen? Knowing those where you are is also being able to do your job because you are able to protect not only your crew, but protect the crews coming in and out. Search, search, vent, whoever is entering that structure. You're understanding the area you're in and keeping an eye on not just the conditions, but the crews around you, yourself, and everybody else working in the structure. Part of doing your job. Knowing your crew is the biggest piece that you can have, is knowing your crew's strengths, knowing their weaknesses, and knowing that should something audible your assignment. And what I mean by that is, i.e. a mayday. Say a mayday occurs. You know it's not your four-man crew you're on. You have your... Two guys are in there fighting the fire. Maybe you have two guys at the doorway. One guy a little bit further down by the stairwell with the hose feeding in. You hear a mayday. Knowing your crew, you know the strength of your crew. You know you can handle probably fire suppression with two. You hear a call for another crew needing help. You know situational awareness tells you where you are. You know where you are. You know what's going on around you. You know the area you are in. You know your crew. You know these guys have it. They can take care of this. Hey, lieutenant, cat, wh whoever's your officer. There's two of us. You know, we're feeding lines in. I'm at the door. But I got my other guy down at the stairwell. I know in that room, that's where we heard, we heard transmission going off. Let command know. We can just at least get him into a safe haven. Maybe the rapid intervention team can come in and get him out. Or, hey, he just needs to get out. Flow on air. He got lost. Whatever the situation is, we can make a grab. Or it's a victim. Might be a victim. 
you might have to search off that hose line. You know the area. You know where you are. You know the structure. You can probably branch off a little bit with, the t- with, your, with, with your partner, search a quick room real fast, and get out. It's not just about pulling the line, standing there, from monetary conditions, knowing what's around you, and if you can audible what you're doing, because the structure and strength of the crew you're on can do the job, and you guys have more flexibility to do a little bit more than what you really need to be, what you, what you can do. But it's also identifying changes. Identifying changes in the structure. Looking out for any type, it, is there fire spread? Did we lose it? Did we lose the fire? Did it get past us? Do we need to pull out? Is the, is the nozzleman and the backup, and maybe the, the officer not understand, not seeing that, hey, I see it, I'm the fourth guy, I'm in the stairwell, something's not right. All part of doing your job. Because the worst thing you want to hear on the fire ground is mayday. And we all know that. So to be able to do your job and be able to know where you are, the situation you're in, the jobs that you are, you are assigned to and you're taking on to the best of your ability can help in any situation in that structure at any time. So how, do I, so how does this come about? Four guys, three firefighters in a structure knowing how to do all these wonderful things. Another thing we've posted, how you prepare is how you perform. Train accordingly. If you just perform on, on the chauffeur, I'm just going to perform. I'm just going to drive. I know how to pump. I don't have to worry about anything else. That's how you're going to perform. If you're just going to, I'm great on the nozzle. I'm always on the nozzle. So I'm always just going to stretch, go in, put the fire out, back out. You're not gaining anything out of that. You're not preparing like a champion would. Winning teams that win championships, sports analogies, prepare to always be the best. And if they have to come off assignments or have to be able to do assignments, they're not always tasked to. That's what they have to do. And how, how does this really, like, how do you do that? So the first thing you want to do is you want to train. Training isn't just getting dirty, going into burn facilities, burning, getting dirty in the firehouse. It's, it's reading. It's sharing knowledge with each other, sharing experiences. You learn a lot sitting around the tables, sitting around the kitchen table, sitting in the bays, shooting the breeze. You learn a lot. But there's also other ways to learn. Reading, webinars, podcasts. And unfortunately, the one thing we learn a lot from are NIOSH reports for line of duties. And we don't always have to learn about the bad thing, the stuff that, the negative things that took place. We can always be a positive out of things. You know, rest the souls of every one of them. But there's always good things that have not come from that, but they've done prior. So you can always learn from these reports. And it's, it's, it's spoken about. Read the NIOSH reports. Read what happened. Read what went right what went wrong? Every month I listen to these incident commanders, incident commander talks um, on the Fire Hair Network, and I, I get a lot of takeaways from that. It's, it's really deep. It's really emotional. But I gain a lot of knowledge from that, things you might forget. You know, they even mentioned things we forgot, things we overlooked because we did the same thing every single day. And that's why I talk about this where don't get comfortable just being in one position. Get uncomfortable with being in other positions. 
that you don't want to do. You don't want to get dirty. You want to do your job, go home at the end of the day. But in this line of work, you can't just get comfortable. There's no time for complacency. There's no time to put your feet up. There's always time to train and, and get better at everything we can. And like I mentioned before, we talked about learning from guys. You always have those guys in the firehouse that have the 20, 30, 40 years of good knowledge and experience. And they've seen things. And they want to talk about it. Sometimes it's like, come on, I don't want to listen to it. But it's good to listen to. Sometimes sit back. Absorb it. Hell, take notes if you have to. And the other thing you could do is not only do that, recreate the scenarios that they're talking about. When they're talking about their heyday, recreate it. Hey, show me what you did. In our firehouse, we do that. We build scenarios in our firehouse of things we've done, guys have done, either they took from a conference, training event, <clears throat> experience from another station. doesn't matter. We have people, we rebuild stuff in the firehouse. We might use tables for walls to make rooms in our base, all kinds of craziness. But we try to make stuff realistic if we don't have the ability to get to our training facility that we have in our town. We try to build on it. And we come up with different ways that might work. Hey, this doesn't work. It worked, worked here. We want to try it today. It didn't work. Let's, how do we revise that? And that's what we do to make it so we know our job, but we also know other positions out there. We'll take the officer and we'll swap him out and have somebody who's not an officer be, now be the, be the crew, the officer of the crew in scenarios, in the firehouse, and make them make the calls, make them make the judgments. What line we're going to pull, why we're going to pull it, where we're going to go. Have a guy who's learning how to pump now be the pump operator just to get that feel, just to get that memory down and have him know where the levers are, what he can do, and continually train on that. Because I've had a bad experience like that in my, in my past where I, wasn't, I was proficient in it. I took some time from stopping to, to learn how to pump. And when I had to pump at a fire, I actually forgot. Until I remembered, took a deep breath, took a step back and said, wait a minute. There's no time to sit here and feel sorry for myself. I got to get my head in the game because I'm always the guy in the back. But now it's time for me to step up and do what I had to do. And I took that, that scenario and I shared it with, with my guys and we talked about it. We had a whole day. Sit up high, we just had a table. And we talked about that day. Talked about what went right, what went wrong. What went right, we practiced on it. What went wrong, we tried to improve it. We, hopefully we have. But it's making scenarios and make them real. That's the whole thing. Making real scenarios and rotating guys out of their out of their comfortability to do their job. And we talk about action plans. After action plans are great. The, the National Fall Firefighters have a card for na- action after action plans. A little tiny card. What you should be talking about. Got a guideline. We use that. Basic call, car, it was basic car fire. We use it and we sit there and we study. Hey, this is what went right, this is what went wrong. We need to improve on this. We need to improve on that. We need to touch a little bit on that. We need to tighten up our skills here. Just because it's, it's not about us, it's about the community we serve and the, and the people that they don't care what day you have. Because when you make, they make that call, that's their worst day. That's their worst day. You can have a bad day, something might not be going right for you. But when you step on that apparatus, it's not easy to put it behind you. But you got to remember, if you don't put that behind you, the best of your ability, 
the people that are counting on you are the people around you and the people you're going to protect, but it's also all their families. So it's not just a small knit community. It expands. Everybody's counting on someone to protect, to know they understand what they're doing, to do their job to the best that they can possibly do and come home. But we have to remember just one tidbit of advice when I talk about that. Talking about creating scenarios. You can create all the scenarios you want. You can come up with different ways you're going to implement those scenarios or how you're going to those different action plans. But nothing ever can replicate the emotions of a real scenario. Nothing. Even going back to my days playing college ball, we can train as hard as we want. But when you get in that game, it's a different ball game. But what it does, the emotions are there. But the confidence is being built in the training. That I, I, I've, I've experienced this in, a, in some capacity. I can do this. I might not have always been the nozzleman, but today I am. And I've done this in training. I've done this with these guys. These guys have seen me do it. I can do this today. It's that leadership, it's that discipline within yourself. And having to calm the emotions, that's a different story. But the confidence that you have because you've felt the pressure, you've felt the weight, you've felt the responsibilities of it, play a part. What leads into is leadership. And that doesn't start, it doesn't have to start with the officers, it doesn't start with the chief, it doesn't start with the senior man, it starts with you. Because you have to be able to lead yourself to want to be better, to not just want to be the guy that does the same job day in and day out and not try to get better. And with that, you want to train that message, that message you have of wanting to bounce, rotate, train with your team, train with them on that, share that message, let them know that, hey, I know you've been the driver, you're you're an excellent chauffeur, You, you know how to get us water, everything. But today in training, we want to have this firefighter B take on that role and let you get some time on the nozzle or use some time doing something else to keep the mind fresh and instill the discipline into understanding that this is what it's going to take for us to be a tight-knit, sharpened crew. And discipline's the next step. Leadership and discipline go hand in hand. Well, leadership is, with discipline, I mean, it, the first thing is knowing. First, you have to know what you want to get better at, what you want to achieve. But you also have to understand that role. Understand the positions you're going to be, you want to understand, you want to take on. Yeah, I want, I want to rotate into a driving role, but I have to understand that position first. Can't just jump in, I have to understand what it entails. If I'm, if I'm a backup man, I've always been on the hydrant, I have to understand what the nozzleman does. I have to understand. So it's learning from each other. But then you have to embrace that and have the, the discipline to be able to say, I, I know it, I understand it, and I have to embrace it as if it's my own position. Whether it is or isn't, and master it to the best of your ability. And discipline is to also know when you have to audible your assignment on the fire ground. Knowing that if you can audible off, say, fire suppression and make a grab, knowing when it is the right time to do that. Not just to go rogue and try to make it to be a hero, but knowing that you can safely do that and not jeopardize the integrity of your crew and the other crews around you for any reason whatsoever. 
Discipline also is communicating. Communicate everything. On the fire ground, off the fire ground. Because that's how, in the end, successful firefighters know how to do their job on and off the fire ground. And that is my little spiel of what I want to talk about with knowing your role on the fire ground. Awesome, Nick. That was a great, great, uh, uh, I would say a fire talk. That's right, right in fire talk world right there about knowing your role on, uh, on and off the fire ground. And you handled it excellently. I do want to harvest out some nuggets that you uh, mentioned. You developed them all really, really well. And uh, so I'm going to just kind of come back and hit of a few things. So one of the first things that caught my attention, I actually have two pages of notes, uh, two and a half pages of notes from your little talk there. Um, so the first thing is, is maybe for the first time, I think somebody has spelled out that um, in the importance of knowing your own role is, is to allow the role of the apparatus that you're on to be successful so that you have to know, not only do your job and know your role, but in knowing the role of other people, it addresses the issue that the apparatus itself is called to, to complete a job on the fire ground. And I think for the first time in my uh, knowledge, that's the first time I've heard that articulated. So I wanted to say good job and uh, wonder if you had uh, any more that you wanted to expand on that? Yeah. Um, the reason I, I really want to talk about that was it's, it all goes back to I played I played collegiate collegiate sports. Baseball was my sport, and that's one thing that I've always been trained to do. Is I was an outfielder, but I played multiple outfield positions. And what I learned was just because I play center field, which is what I started as in college, and I got shifted into right field, it's not the same position. You might think it is because you're all in the same area. So it's like being in the same apparatus. But it comes with different responsibilities. And you have to understand those responsibilities when you're in those different positions. It looks simple on TV. You think you're just going to catch a ball, but you're really not. There's a lot of different areas that you have to understand to play those roles. But also understanding the roles of the people around you, of where you're going to throw that ball and why. And when I started thinking about that, I said the same thing with the fire service was, why does the backup man have to understand what the nozzleman's doing and vice versa? It's, it's like a tandem effect. The front can't go without the back of a, of a car. The front wheels and the back wheels can't go without one another. So if you don't have that complement of everybody at least having the idea of what each person has to do, should something go wrong, conflict usually takes place within the crew and integrity of the crew could diminish where guys don't want to work with other people because there's so there's no communication and there's no understanding of why they're doing what they're doing and when and a lot of times you hear that with company officers they make decisions and guys get a little aggravated like why are they making that call i don't agree to that but if you train with them and understand what they're doing and they understand what you're doing it makes it a lot smoother to execute the assignments that you've been given for that, for that day, that job. 
Excellent. And uh, another point that I have is, which I thought was great, is that the knowledge of your crew allows for confidence in handling incident audibles. Yep. I do believe is what you called them. And, uh, and you did expand those, expand on that quite a bit. And I, and I appreciate that, but some people are going to, in this world of, of a million firefighters in the nation, they're, they're going to say, but what if you know your crew and you know that their skill sets aren't up to par? That's also a good point because that's where you, if you want to do the, for the, for the example I'm going to use is we have a four man crew and your assignment, again, fire suppression, you're making your way into that room for fire suppression and you come, you hear a mayday. And you know the two firefighters that are outside the room, one's at the stairwell, one's firing around the corner. You know, I'm looking at my house when I'm doing this, wraparound stair. Um, another firefighter is in the hallway. You see a, a crew going in. Maybe they're doing a vent enter search in another room. That's, they know that's co- they're coming in, and they hear a mayday from that room. Well, you can say there if they don't have the – Say the firefighters outside go to the officer. Hey, listen, this is what we say. This is what we hear. We hear it going on. We know it's in there. The officer can come back and say, we know it. Guys, if you're not comfortable, if he knows the crew isn't that strong, the guys behind there, the, the two other firefighters aren't that strong to do something, and they need that full crew to be on that line, the officer can say flat out, this is what our assignment is. We have to stick to it. And that's our policy here, with, in, especially with um, rapid intervention in New Jersey is you have two options. You either can audible from it with IC permission or you stay on your, your assignment. Um, you want to stay on your assignment is really what the, what it comes down to. But if you have to audible, that audible has to come not only from your, your company officer, but it has to go through command because that's where you don't want to start doing anything that's freelancing to add more to the, the domino. But it all comes down to if, if the firefighters aren't as strong and they're not as strong and they need that work, that's where you just have to tighten them up and say, listen, guys, we're not, we're not making that call. We're not doing that. This is, we're here for this. We have people out there that, that are going to handle that. But our job to keep that firefighter or those firefighters safe is to us to pr- protect this, stop this fire or keep it where it is and don't allow any more spread. So it's also knowing that side of your assignment, what your initial assignment is. If you're fire suppression, keep it at that. Because and explain if they you need to explain that, that's what you have to do. But your initial assignment is fire suppression. That's really what you should be doing. Or if it's search, really what you should be doing. But in them rare instances where you can audible, you have to ensure you have that tight knit, strengthened crew that could do it. Awesome. And I think uh, the third point, third nugget I want to kind of expand on because I thought it was really good and needs to be revisited was uh, your idea of, uh, so a quote is, you don't learn from experience, you learn from reflecting upon the experiences that you have. And you kind of broke that out by saying, hey, when we have an incident, we try to recreate that incident and uh, the things that went right, we practice those to 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 make them better, and then the things that are were mistakes, we go through uh, the as realistic as possible to try to avoid those mistakes or correct them once they happen. So, uh, you know, 
help me out on a mindset where, how did you develop that in your firehouse where that's, that's your go-to for reflecting well, on actually, experience? It was kind of a more than one person development in my firehouse. Um, our, our one chief officer, that's, he's in the military and he developed, a, he always spoke upon that, you know, strengthen what we, what we can strengthen, strengthen, keep our strengths strong and develop our weaknesses and make them strong and take those areas that we made mistakes on and improve on those. Um, so that's one way that was instilled with us. But it also, again, it goes back to my sports times. We did things like that. We watched film of stuff we did wrong and we had to improve on it the best we could. So we would watch tape of us taking of us at the plate. If we're not having a good time, well, we're going to watch our mechanics. And that's what I always try to do. Like in the beginning, as a younger firefighter, I used to come back to the firehouse after a call, like, man, I messed up. And it would, it would eat at me, eat at me. And I decided as I started getting older and speaking to other firefighters and having that courage to talk to other people about stuff like this, um, it was just, hey, come on, let's go. Let's go over here. Let's work on it. Let's work on what you weren't comfortable with. And let's strengthen that. And let's all of a sudden it just starts becoming that everybody starts working together. And, oh, yeah, yeah, we started having this issue, too. Or, you know, we had this problem. So we're going to start tightening that up and making it where we won't have that as often. We try to make it where you don't have it at all, but you can never, ever say you're never going to make a mistake. But we try to just tighten it up to the best of our abilities for anything, whether it's just a, a bad judgment call, not understanding something not missing even messing up your gear in a rush and you mess putting your stuff up putting your stuff on as the way you're supposed to some people mess that up from time to time and it's just let's button that up can't have those mistakes but that's what we try to do and we try to always we try to do them every couple of weeks try to just do a little training to keep that going what kind of what do we have going on what do we need to work on that's one thing we talk about what do we need to work on today what do we what do we not as proficient in, and that's where we, how we started doing it, and everybody's been uh, catching on and liking that. So, good. Well, hey everybody, we're with uh, Nick Higgins. This is Fire Talk Podcast. We're going to take a few minutes and let Nick introduce himself fully and what he's working on, and then we're going to go straight into the Fire Talk Five questions. So, Nick. Why don't you take a moment and tell us right, so who Nick Higgins keep it is? As short as I can, I don't really like bios. You know, it's kind of awkward. But um, yeah, my name's Nick Higgins. I've been in the fire service almost twenty years now, all within New Jersey. Um, I'm also a New Jersey State Fire Two uh, Fire Two uh, instructor, um, a New Jersey advocate for National Fallen Firefighters Foundation. That is something that I am humbled, honored to be part of. Uh, something. I cherish every single day is to be part of the National Fall Firefighters Foundation as a New Jersey advocate. Um, as you know, I'm a, the founder, editor of the Firehouse Tribune website. Um, I also am part of the Five Alarm Task Force Board of Directors. Um, the Five Alarm Task Force podcast is part of that, and also their nonprofit foundation is the other half of it that I'm on a board of, board of directors on. Um, I have a bachelor's degree. Uh, from a university here in New Jersey. And I've spoken at numerous, numerous state conferences around the country. Most notably, most notable conferences I've spoken at was Firehouse. I've spoken at Firehouse a few years now, um, when it was in Nashville and in Maryland, years prior before. 
and been on a, a few different podcasts um, within the last few years. But that's a little bit about me in a nutshell. That's what I do. And I, I just talk a lot about critical thinking, stuff like this, knowing your roles, engine company operation type deal. And um, fitness is my other, my other big passion. I'm a personal trainer. I have a bunch of different certifications in nutrition and whatnot. So that's something I do on the side that I just you know, try to blend it all together and make that like a part of my life. Fantastic. So the firehouse five questions, we asked this, all our guests, the same five questions. Question number one is if you could go back and mentor a younger you, what would you, how would you coach yourself? What would you say? And what would you have a younger Nick do? I would first tell myself to slow down. Um, that's one thing I would do. I, uh, when I started out, I just wanted to do everything, learn everything. It's great. Great to learn a lot of different things. You know, I've got my hands in a lot of different areas, but uh, slow down, slow down and understand what you're really here for. It's the first piece of it. Um, but I would also encourage myself to be honest over the last four or five years, I've actually read more than I ever think I've read in my entire life. I hated reading. So when I would have to learn different things, I would hate to read the books. But um, one thing I would tell myself now is read the books, read it. Um, it doesn't have to be all fire, fire service based books, but read books on leadership, read books on, on mentorship, read, read books on strength and conditioning, fitness, um, broaden your horizon and incorporate those things into your fire service life. But don't make the fire service life your entire life. Because when you do that, there's not much else you have. It's only a small piece of the person you really are. Awesome. Okay. Question number two is, what is a mistake, a challenge, an obstacle, or failure or feedback loop that you had in your past what did you learn from it? What are you still learning from it? And uh, what can you share just, with, about it? The one area, it's, it's what I've kind of what I started talking about today, um, knowing, your, knowing your role. Uh, a few years ago, quick, really quickly, I, I did have an incident where I had to be the pump operator, like I had mentioned. Um, and to this day, I still kick myself for that. I still kick myself for not, um, not thinking when that happened and just going off emotion uh, in the beginning. Granted, thankfully, everybody was safe. Nothing happened. But the embarrassment that I felt inside was something I still I had to learn from and had to kind of accept and just accept the fact that I made a mistake. And I was trying to talk myself out of it, that I, it wasn't my fault. It was just everybody else, everybody else around me messed up. But when I took that step back and had that conversation with not just myself, but with my, with my peers and some mentors I have in and out of the firehouse, I came to the realization that I just have to be accepting the fact that, yeah, I made that mistake. And I, I have to do my best to not do that again, not to make that mistake again. And I take that mentality into just about anything now. Just make a mistake, own up to it, you messed up, and learn. So... That's the one thing now is constantly trying to hone in on those areas that I have hiccups in and make them better. And while I'm mentoring younger guys, I'm learning from that because I'm learning them, but I'm learning, relearning skills that I 
sometimes thought I took for granted. Especially one of them was I knew the engine, but for some reason that day, I didn't take that step back to say, do I really know this? And I need to just calm down and understand the bigger picture. Yeah, it's, a, it's amazing how when we can transfer regret into taking ownership and learning from our mistake, how quickly we can, we can uh, clean up that regret and, and focus more on the ownership, but also the learning lesson that comes from moving forward through that process. So, okay. So the third question, the six, uh, what is the success that you have experienced? How has that shaped you and given you a growth mindset in that area? Success would be, it's really, it's like, I start. I worked at a, at, an, at a fire school for for a little bit of time, and I, during that time, I worked under a senior instructor who who hired me. Um, I knew who he was before I got who I was hired, and my success would be the accomplishments I had. I guess you want to say since being under his tutelage, um, I felt we know both of us no longer have work at this academy, but we still we we remain very close. We still go and we, we train. We're in two different departments, but we still go out. He has his own firm, and he trains firefighters, and I, and I work with him as well on that. But my success would be learning, learning from him, learning from his, his experiences and his knowledge. And that's just with everything. Like we, we don't – the success I have is not just because he taught me stuff about the fire service. But he taught me stuff about about being a father, being a being a person, and um, he's the he got me into other areas that I don't think I, I I wouldn't be talking to you today or had the fire tribune if it wasn't for him. And um, I never say that out loud, but that's really where my success came from was from this one firefighter that I just gravitated towards and gave me the confidence, gave me the not instill the knowledge, the discipline to just go and get it. And it just, I, part, part of it was he got me into the National Phone Firefighters. And like I said, that was one of the most humbling things that I could ever be part of. So that's really the success. That's where I think where what I, what I see as my success. Yeah, it, it's hard to put, uh, you know, it's hard to put into words when you, uh, even if you've gone through mentor or mentee programs, when you actually get a mentor that shapes your life, how invaluable that is. And uh, so that is a fantastic answer. And I think it shows the importance of finding a true mentor in the fire service and in your life. The fourth question is busy people, people that do podcasts are always working on projects. What project is, are you working on? And uh, well, what can we see in the I future? I am working on a project. I wasn't going to say, I, I, I kind of let a little bit out the bag. Um, if anybody saw me on social media, I was putting out a survey. Um, the survey is, or was, survey is closed at this point. I took a survey of 100 random people, most mainly fire service. Um, what five key areas, and I had them all listed out, like about 20 or 10 of them, I believe, different areas or attributes would you consider to be a well-rounded firefighter? 
And what it is, I'm calling it the five tool firefighter. And I'm putting this project together based on the, not only the results, but I wrote down my five and I'm looking at the answers to what I've received and I'm putting together what the survey says, like family feud, what they considered a five tool firefighter to be. And as I'm working through it, I'm, I'm writing about each area. So each area is I'm writing information and I'm also throwing in a little bit, little, little stories of these topics and I should be releasing that sometime in the summer. I'm hoping it, it's, it's very long to put it all. It's really t- hard to put it all together, but um, it'll take me a long time, but I'm hoping to release something in uh, in the summer on that. Uh, I'm excited. That, that's going to be great. And uh, the last one is, is, and you kind of touched on this, but let's hit those nuggets again of what is your advice if you're mentoring the fire service in general, what is your advice on the things they should do, read, you know, specific advice? What, what book should they read? What movie should they watch? What uh, website should they go to? What conference should they attend? Whatever, whatever you comes to mind, what's the top three in the Nick Fire Higgins world? I'd read, like if you're trying to read real technical books, I've, right now I've been going back through, um, Retired Deputy Chief Mike Turpak at Jersey City Fire Department here in New Jersey. His book, Fireground Sides Up, the first edition. I'm not even on the other editions. I'm still going back to the first edition because um, that's just a great book to read or even just just, not, just to look at and gain knowledge from. You know, it talks all about building construction, size up, everything. And Right now, I've been going back through that book, but I'm also – I read a lot. I read all the Jocko Willink books. I'm a big Jocko Willink fan, I guess you want to call it. So I read a lot of his stuff on leadership and how that goes in. Uh, I listen to podcasts. I listen to fire service podcasts, non-fire service podcasts, and um, a lot of stuff I listen to is is Jocko podcasts. I listen to Fire Talk. I listen to Fire Alarm Task Force. Crew First Culture, Jeremy Sanders, great one as well. I listen to him. Um, those are some fire service stuff. The one thing I learn from a lot, and I'm not av- I'm not trying to, prom- I'm not premier promoting, is um, the National Fault Firefighters. They have the uh, Fire Hero Learning Network, and they have 12, 14 courses, hour-long courses you can, you can watch, listen to, and take a little test at the end. And it teaches you some very valuable information about leadership, stress-first aid, what courage to be safe, all different types of areas that aren't touched upon on every day, especially in the academies or in different schools. So that's something that I, I try to... I study, and I also listen to their monthly segment called IC to IC. Um, that's where I, I learn a lot from that, um, another area. And, and another one is just I try to go to conferences. Well, when we had conferences, I'd go to Firehouse, FDIC. Those are big ones. But there's a lot of little conferences that come out throughout the nor- up northeast and in the, um, I guess, in the southern part of the eastern seabelt. So you have these little conferences, two-day conferences, where you really get hands-on experience. Atlanta, some in Virginia, West Virginia, Pennsylvania has them. And you really learn the raw, down-and-dirty style, which is um, very valuable. Still, you have to get your, get your hands dirty. It's very valuable. So those are things that I 
I tend to gravitate to. Well, Nick, that was an awesome podcast. This is Michael Snodgrass with Fire Talk Podcast. We're closing out with Nick Higgins of the Firehouse Tribune. Seek him out. Find uh, the Firehouse Tribune. If you uh, don't know about the National Fallen Firefighters Foundation, go onto their website. Find out more information. The stuff is all free on on that. I'm part of the learning network also. And so I highly encourage you to take those classes and uh, you'll have valuable information. So Nick, thank you very much. And